such a sweet time, such a sweet time to be worshiping together today. Um, I want to introduce um, our guest speaker this morning, uh, Pastor Peter Haas from Substance Church here in the Twin Cities. In the house today, in the house today. Um, I got to tell you about his, his latest book, uh, <laughs> Pharisectomy. You got to get the subtitle here, How to Joyfully Remove Your Inner Pharisee and Other Religiously Transmitted Diseases. Um, now, Pastor Peter and Substance uh, are graciously uh, giving away um, a limited number of these books. If anybody's interested, on your way out, there's a table uh, today with, with that as well as some other information um, from Substance. So pick some of that up as you go today. But Pastor Peter, why don't you come on up and um, uh, we're happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm going, to pray, I'm going to pray with thank you and you. for you here as we get thank going you. here. Oh, Father, thank you so much for this day, this moment um, that you have ordained here. Uh, I just pray that your words uh, through Pastor Peter would be um, just uh, received by soft hearts today, God, that we would be uh, open and receptive to what you're going to say. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jared. So you guys alive and awake Monday morning. Are there rowdy people? I know rowdy and Monday morning. The, the two words don't really go together, but I'll just say, man, it's good to see you guys. It's good to be uh, back on University of Northwestern's campus. I just, man, as I, as I drove onto campus today, I saw the big golden eagle. Do you guys have like a name for that? Like the big golden eagle statue? Screech, okay, okay, okay. When I saw Screech, okay, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, it was like a flashback moment to when I, 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 years ago I drove onto campus with my, it was, my son was about three, four years old sitting in the back seat, and he saw that statue, and immediately he just started shouting, he's like, oh no, dad, no, no, and I'm like, what is wrong, I'm like, what, what, what is wrong, he goes, the statue, and I'm like, well, what's wrong with the statue and he goes they're worshiping a golden eagle like the golden calf like when Moses came down the mountain and they worshiped the golden calf no and, and and that day that day Northwestern I made a promise to my son that if I would ever speak at University of Northwestern that I would talk to you guys about it so for what it's worth don't do it Okay, don't worship the statue, okay? Are we clear? Okay, good. I feel a lot better now that I have that out of my heart. Okay, now, so, no, seriously, you guys, I, I do, I, once you get to know me, you do have to have a little bit of a sense of humor to be able to handle listening to me, my wife says. And uh, I, honestly, I, I, so you heard about that book. We're giving them away for free. We just want to, uh, we, I write a lot of books on comedic spiritual growth. And part of it is because so few people like to read books and they're like, oh, but I'll read a comedy book. And if that's what it takes to get a little more scripture into people's hearts, then awesome. But I, uh, you know, we, we, we pastor, my wife and I pastor a church called Substance, which is a little weird because, you know, our, it doesn't sound very churchy, which is kind of on purpose. In fact, our, our whole goal all along has been to uh, create a church that, that non-church people can relate to. In fact, one of our campuses uh, was, just to kind of give you a sense, one of our campuses even had was 80% new to Christ within the last two years. And so we have, we have a lot of different issues that a lot of churches don't normally deal with. Like I, I remember uh, not too long ago, a, a person, they, they came up to me and they're like, Father Peter. Uh, and, they, and Father Peter, my kids were like, 
you know, they didn't know what to do with that, that when somebody called me Father Peter. And, uh, and my kids were like, Dad, do you have other children? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what, what happened? You know, like, and, and, uh, and, and then I, I, I'm like, you can call me Pastor Peter, or just call me Pete, you know, like, whatever, I don't care. And, and he goes, wow, I've never called anybody pastor before. And it was like mind-blowing to him. And I, I, but I, I love those types of problems. And I, I, I think Christianity gets a little more fresh when uh, we get around people that really don't understand it. And I, I just, I, you know, with your chapel theme, one of the things that you guys have been uh, doing here, which you guys know, is the, the one another commandments of the New Testament. The one another commands of the New Testament. There's over 94 verses. I don't know how many of them um, are the same, but it, they're just encouraging us to look a little more like Christ. God wants us to, to be Christ to a world who hasn't experienced Christ yet. And I, I wanted to pick a one another verse that you probably haven't heard before. And, and I just wanted to keep it fresh, okay? And it's a one another verse out of 1 Corinthians 7, 5. And, and I, I believe it's gonna be up on the screen. Uh, but if it's not, let me just read it to you. It's, it's 1 Corinthians 7, 5, uh, one another verse. Husbands and wives, it says, do not deprive one another of physical intimacy. Just kidding, I'm not actually gonna do that one. I, I, just, I just wanted to see what you guys would do, you know? I was just like, no, some of you are like, no, I'm actually very interested in that verse. <laughs> nope, you have a few years before you're gonna need that one, and, and most of you need to be deprived of physical intimacy right now. You know who you are, but I, for real though, I, I, for real, okay, the actual verse I'm gonna preach on, the actual one another that I'm gonna do today is 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and it's this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as you are in fact doing 1 Thessalonians 5.11. In fact, encouraging one another was so important. Like if you just do a Bible study on the word encourage, you're gonna hear this word over and over and over again. The Apostle Paul was obsessed with saying, hey, you guys, we need to learn how to do this. This is, this is, there's an epidemic lack of encouragement that has existed throughout the entire New Testament all the way up until now. And it's so important that the Apostle Paul would repeat this in a lot of his letters, okay? not just in, to the, the Thessal, uh, in Thessalonians, but also 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live at peace. And if you do these things, if you encourage one another, if you return to joy, if you rejoice, then the God of love and peace will be with you. It's a promise. So if we're encouraging one another, we're gonna have, it's like, it's like it, the culmination is God is with us when we encourage one another. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I think most Christians live with a chronic lack of joy and a chronic lack of encouragement. I, I just, I don't think that most of us get enough to meet the demands of life, and especially as a pastor, I think sometimes my number one job as a pastor is just to encourage people, which is partly why I love, I love like writing comedy books or even just uh, getting people to, to laugh a little bit more because I, I think at some point, joy is one of those distinguishing things that God intends to be a part of, of every Christian, right? The, the byproducts of the Holy Spirit, one of them is joy. 
And when people meet us, do they feel that? Do they see that? When they walk into our churches, do they, do they feel joy that reflects our Heavenly Father, which reflects the Holy Spirit? And, and obviously, we have to learn how to be encouraging. And, and I'm just being fully honest, I am not a naturally encouraging people. Okay, I have a black belt in whining. Like, for real. Does anybody, like, my love language is cynicism, okay? So, like, my, I, I, I am not the naturally encouraging person. I, I married a person who's really, really, really good at encouragement, and I've had to learn encouragement from my wife. Uh, one of the, she, my wife, Carolyn, she's one of the most encouraging people on planet Earth, and she's just all, like, and she loves to, like, she's that one, like, always happy person on social media. Not fake happy, but encouraging happy person on social media, my wife was paging through social media one time and she saw uh, a picture of a young woman in our church who had just given birth a few months earlier. And uh, this, this lady had just, this young woman given birth, lost all of her baby weight and she was kind of celebrating the fact that she was back to what her pre-pregnancy weight. And so she took a full body pic and just and posted it online looking for celebration. My wife was right there to encourage her. And, and so my wife commented, she goes, girl, you look stinking hot after that baby. And the second she posted that comment, all of a sudden my face popped up next to that comment. Okay, so it looked like I was the one saying, girl, you look stinking hot after that baby. Because it turned out my wife was accidentally logged into my account, okay? She, she, she didn't realize, so she was on my laptop and she was just, you know, on social media. And, and so, and, and, you know, and, and listen, okay, people love to have an affirming and an encouraging pastor. They do. But nobody wants a pastor that says, girl, you... You look stinking hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so immediately my wife is like trying to delete the post, but she can't figure it out because, of course, at the time they just came up with the new update and they changed where the delete post function was. And she's like, for the life of her, she cannot figure it out, right? And she's like, oh no, oh no. So she finally calls me up. I was working at a coffee shop that day. And she's like, Peter, you're never going to believe what I did. And I'm like, I'm like you did what? <laughs> like... And she's like, I can't delete it. I can't delete it. And, and, and so literally, I am thrust into the tech support role of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, baby, do you understand? Like every second there are like, I mean, there's like a thousand people that will look at every comment I make. And I'm like, so literally every second, my reputation is going from Pastor Peter to Predatory Pete. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was, I, you know, there were a few shouts that I had to apologize for on that tech support call, and I, we did manage to slay predatory Pete, and, uh, and let me tell you, every time I see that young woman in our church, I speak very formally to her, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, how are you doing? How is your husband? Bless you in the name of the Lord. You know, like, I, I, I suddenly turn into Father Peter, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, uh, so you, you got to be, be careful with your encouragements, right? You got to be cautious. You got to make sure you're logged on to your account. Um, no, but seriously, I, all jokes aside, here's the point. Encouragement is like leaky fuel. And here's what's at stake if we don't encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily. This is not something you just do once a week or once a month. Encourage one another daily. 
It's so important if you do not get a daily ration of encouragement, which also begs the question, do you have Christians around you that know God's word that can encourage you daily, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, Hebrews 3.13 says, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is what's at stake, okay? If we do not get a daily dose of encouragement, guess what's happening? You're getting hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Every single day you live without Christian encouragement in your life, you are getting hardened. It's a natural, inevitable byproduct of living in this world. And, and so, in, and, and listen, encouraging people does not mean spewing out really dumb platitudes like, well, everything happens for a purpose, okay? You know, don't ever say that, right? I'll, yeah, I'll slap you in the face. That happened for a purpose too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, okay, th- th- we're not talking about just giving each other dumb little platitudes. We're talking about encouraging one another with scriptures, That's why one of the other one another says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What we're doing is, is we're putting out the faithfulness of God, the promises of God, the goodness of God, the miracles of God. We're we're constantly sharing that with one another. And of course, you know, I I happen to be married to a a woman who has like half the Bible memorized, I swear. Like I can, it's like the weirdest moment. And then she can come out with a Bible verse from like those parts of the Bible where my pages still stick together. Come on, just be honest. Okay, you know what I mean? Like she'll, and I'll be like, I don't even know Obadiah was, no. Like, like she'll quote books of the Bible that I'm like, is that a book of the Bible? You know, like I'm just being honest with you. She knows God's word so well. And she always has a word in season. And I, I've had to learn how to do that. I've learned, I, I've learned over the years, part of the reason why I'm memorizing scripture is not just to encourage myself, but that so that I can speak to other people with scriptures and promises and psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so I, I just, so when the Bible talks about encouraging one another, it's really about sharing his word, his promises, his miracles. And if we don't, I'm just gonna be honest, we're all gonna get weird at some point. Our thoughts are gonna get crazy. And all of a sudden, we're gonna start medicating with sin rather than medicating with God, okay? Everything goes downhill if we don't have that daily dose of biblical encouragement, which is why, like, listen, if you're not addicted to your Bibles yet, I wanna encourage you, just the simplest way to do that is just read your Bibles for two minutes for two months, okay? Two minutes for two months. And some of you are like, how in the world are you supposed to get anything out of your Bible in two minutes? Listen, at the end of the day, I I always say, establish your habit before you improve on your habit. Okay, in fact, even, uh, I, I even tell people, hey, if, you don't, if you're not totally addicted, just set an alarm clock, stop at two minutes, okay? It's sh- it, it sounds almost shocking to even say stop reading your Bible at two minutes, but just be faithful for two months, just two minutes for two months, and then expand it to five minutes for two months, and then expand it to 10 minutes for two months. And I'm just telling you, once you're hooked, you're hooked. You'll never be able to go back to life without that kind of encouragement. But I gotta be honest, there were certain years in my life where I, I, I started failing in my Bible reading habits. I turned into what I call a spurt reader where you, know, you, you read a lot for like you know, one month and then you take like a two month break. Come on, just be honest, right? And uh, there were seasons where, or, or there were seasons in my ministry, I, throughout my ministry, I've always read my Bible consistently, but there were years where the level of adversity in my life required a higher level of word and a higher level of encouragement, and I just wasn't getting it. And I'll never forget one of those moments happened a few years ago. At the time, our, our church was having a terrible time trying to buy property and uh, our, our church was doing seven services in four locations. All of them were portable locations around the Twin Cities. 
And I was, to be honest, I was dying. I was losing my voice. I was, um, you know, where it, it, it took us like several hundred people just to do setup and tear down at all of our locations uh, around the Twin Cities. And I was exhausted. And even though we had raised money, get this, we tried to buy property eight different times at cities around, in in areas around the metro. And every time we tried to buy property, the city would stand against us and say, no, I don't want a church in my city. I I literally, I, I didn't even realize how hard it was. We had all this money and I couldn't even buy property for five years. Just the struggle of trying to buy property in the Twin Cities when, you know, a lot of our municipalities are rather hostile about, uh, about churches. And, and so every single time we'd try to buy a property, the city would bully, a, uh, bully the seller out of selling to us. And, and every time one of these properties would fall through, it would cost us another $100,000 and it would cost us another six months. And, and I, I remember at that time, I had to go before the church and say, yeah, another one of our properties fell through. And every time that would happen, people would actually leave our church. They'd be like, pastor, I don't think you know what you're doing. And, and the truth was, I didn't. I didn't. And I, 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 I remember we started bleeding church members and the morale in our church was at an all-time low. And there was this point where I couldn't even hide my, my discouragement from my kids. I've got three kids and, and um, they were young at the time. And I, I was just depressed. I was just depressed. I didn't know what to do. And I, I honestly even started rethinking whether or not I was even called to ministry. Uh, before I did ministry, I, I was a, a, an electronic dance music producer, believe it or not. And um, I, uh, I, some of you are like, do you still do that? <laughs> Heck yeah, I still do. No, I actually do. We did, we did a, we just, we, I released a mainstream electronic dance music album three years ago, Substance Variant, that made it into the top 10. So I still do it, but I, I, I it's, it's so, uh, and some of you are like, did you bring your turntables today? No, I didn't. No, but I, 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 just being fully honest, I was so depressed. I literally thought, you know what? I'm a miserable pastor. Maybe I never was supposed to be a pastor. Maybe I should just go back to producing music. And, and I just started rethinking everything. And, and, and I know that sounds kind of dumb, I, but I, I just, I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm not a good preacher. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not even, I, I just started rethinking everything. And it got to the point where um, even my kids knew I was not having fun as a leader in, in the body of Christ anymore. And I, I just, I'll never forget in the middle of that dark season, my, my daughter, True, her name is True, like True and False. We go with really bizarre names in our family. But I, uh, my daughter, True, came up to me. She was about 10 years old at the time. And she goes, Daddy, I just really want to encourage you, okay? It's really sad when your 10-year-old is encouraging you, right? But, um, but she was like, Daddy, I just, I can see that you're not having fun. I want to encourage you. And, and she goes, Daddy, I, I just started praying for you and started praying, God, when are you going to give substance a building? And because I just wanted to encourage you, I was hoping you would tell me when, and then I could just tell you and encourage you. And, I, and she goes, and guess what? I prayed, God, when are we going to get a building? And he spoke to me. And I'm like, what do you mean, like, he spoke to you? Like, she, she goes, yeah, I literally just closed my eyes, and God spoke to me, and he not only spoke to me, but he showed me what the building is going to look like. And I, I, I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know, she's like she's 10 years old, right? And she goes, Dad, well, this is what he said. He said, your dad, by this time next Thursday, is going to find a building that Substance is going to buy, and he's not going to get it right away, but he's going to be able to afford it. And so you can encourage him by this time next Thursday. And Daddy, it's beautiful. 
And I was like, okay, you know, like, what do you mean God spoke to you? She goes, oh, yeah, like, and he even showed me what it was going to look like. I saw this, like, video, like a picture. The ceilings are super high, and, 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 and it has, like, a double layer to it. And I'm like, what do you mean a double layer? She was like, well, you know, like, people sit up here, and people sit down here, and like a balcony? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It has a balcony, and it has a double layer, and you're going to find it by next Thursday, being encouraged. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at like this child, like, are you an alien? And, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, and I, I, to be honest, it's okay. I'm kind of a, a skeptic, which I know is a little disconcerting to hear from a pastor, but I, I, I'm kind of a natural skeptic and I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to find a building with a balcony by this time next Thursday? I don't have real estate meetings planned. Like, I, I don't like, and, and I've been looking at, at every building in the central metro for the last five years, okay? And there's no buildings with balconies on that are even for sale. Like in my mind, everything in me was like, no stinking way is that going to happen. And yet, you know, here's my daughter. Right before I laughed out loud, I felt like this conviction from the Holy Spirit. Peter, is anything too difficult for me? And I I just kind of stopped and I'm like, okay, God, uh, all right, if you want to provide a building with a balcony by this time next Thursday that we're going to get, then I believe in you. It was one of those, like, with whatever little bit of faith I had, I just said, okay, it's possible. Well, the next couple days passed, nothing happened, right? So Thursday, the day my daughter pointed out, is only two days away, and nothing is happening. And of course, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no, is this that moment I'm going to have to sit down with my precious little daughter and say, we don't always hear from the Lord. You know, like, sometimes we have an overactive imagination. You know, like, I, like I'm, just, I'm just telling you where my heart was at. I, I, was, I was in a dark state. And, and so that day is fast approaching. Now it's Tuesday, right? Two days away. All of a sudden, before the the kids went to school, I get a phone call from my finance guy at at Substance, and he's like, Pastor Peter, I totally forgot to tell you that we have a real estate meeting planned for today, and I I know it's your sermon writing day, but if you're able to get away and and look at a possible location for a Substance campus, and I'm like, shut up. You know, like, what do you mean, a building? And I'm like, does it have a balcony? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, does it have a balcony? He's like, I have no idea, but if you want to meet us in two hours in downtown Minneapolis. That's where we're going to be. And, and I'm like, okay. So I get off the phone and my daughter, True, she hears me talking on the phone about a building and she goes, you're going to go look at a building today, aren't you? Like, and, and she goes, and then she repeated everything. She goes, remember dad, the building that God has for you has a balcony and has really, really high ceilings. Oh, dad, I forgot to tell you something. When the Lord spoke to me about the building, he actually said, your dad will know this building is the one when he looks up and he says, wow. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Yeah, he said that you'll know. You'll walk in and you'll look up and you'll say, wow, and you'll know it's the one. And I'm like, most buildings, I'm thinking, that doesn't even make sense. Most buildings, you don't look up and you don't say, wow. And I'm like, okay, daughter. You know, like, I didn't even know what to do with it. No, oh, and then she goes, oh, and I also forgot to tell you, dad, the building is covered in red. Just remember, it's covered in red. You'll also know this building is the one. High ceilings, balcony, covered in red. You'll say, wow. Remember that, dad, bye. And then she goes to school. Okay, for real. Okay, so 
So uh, two hours later, I'm in downtown Minneapolis, right next to the convention center, looking at the historic Wesley building. And uh, I, it's one of the oldest buildings in the Twin Cities. Uh, it used to be one of the largest churches in Minneapolis in like 1892. And I walked in and I looked up at the glass dome over the sanctuary and the words came flying out of my mouth, wow. And suddenly I remembered what my daughter said. In fact, I think we have a, uh, I believe we have a picture of this, if, if I'm not mistaken, of the, of the building. You guys, when you see this, it'll, it, it'll wreck you. Anywhere, nowhere. <laughs> All right, so there is a glass dome over the entirety of our auditorium, just this big glass cupola, this big glass ornate dome that is just mind numbing. And immediately I, I exactly, wow, right? What, and immediately, okay, I freaked out and I started taking pictures, right? I had like Holy Spirit buzz, like, oh my gosh, my daughter, I said, wow. My daughter said I would say, wow. And you know, like in my mind, my brain was just exploding. Of course, my daughter went to school that day and get this, okay? She decided to draw a picture of the vision God had shown her so that, she, so that I would know at the end of the day if the building I saw was the same one because she didn't want me to look at the wrong building and make a decision about the wrong building. And so by the time I, I came walking in the door that day, she came running up to me with the drawing and she said, Daddy, Daddy, is this the building you looked at today? Because this is the building God showed me and when I saw her picture, I freaked out because it was almost identical to the photo I took four hours earlier and there it is. Like, that's the, that's, that's the picture, she, she drew the, and keep in mind, she's 10, okay? I, but I couldn't draw pictures like that when I was 10. And notice, it's covered in red, and it has a balcony. And when I saw that, I freaked out, and I, I kept thinking, what are the odds that she could draw something that close. And of course, you know, especially for a building like that, it's right in the heart of downtown Minneapolis, one of the coolest locations ever. And, uh, and get this, sure enough, I called up our trustee board and by that Thursday, we made the decision to buy it. On Thursday, we made a motion and we ended up getting that building. That building easily is worth over 20 million bucks. We got it for $2 million and now, and, and then, I mean, it's insane, in fact, in fact, here's, here's a quick little video clip of the Sunday we moved in, or a little after we moved in. It's just, it's, it's a cool little clip that I, I think illustrates what it looks like now. You're on the edge of your seats. <laughs> All right, we don't have it, sorry. You're gonna have to see it in person. No, I. <laughs> We'll take a field trip there. I, you know, that same, that same year, get this, God gave us another $20 million building for pennies. It was like out of nowhere, God just opened up his hand and gave us momentum. And here's why I'm sharing this story is something that I've learned over the years is that encouragement is like leaky fuel. I shared these stories with you because um, I just feel like there's a few of you who are discouraged right now about your dreams. You've got this dream of whatever. Just, I, I don't know what you're dreaming of today, but I just have this sense that, that, that God wants to remind you he's still alive and he is still at work on your dreams. But it's critical you understand something. God has a more important agenda than building our dreams, and you know what that is? It's building us. It's building the character in us that can sustain the weight of God's dream. 
And for a lot of us, the only way we're gonna get that character is if we surround ourselves with Christians who know God's word and can encourage us with God's word on a regular basis. But if we don't have that fellowship, if we don't know God's word, if we don't know how to hear his voice, then we're just not gonna have the staying power to make it through those low seasons. And every one of you is gonna have a low season. It's not a matter of if, Jesus promised. In this world you will have many trials, but take heart for I have overcome the world. You see, but if you don't have Christian friends who can quote those promises to you, you're just not gonna have the staying power. And so just, would you guys, if I could just close in prayer and just, just here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes. And I want you just to think about some of those dreams that you've been dreaming of. Some of you, or just maybe some of you are going through hardship and maybe something with your finances, with your physical body, with your family. And I, I, just, I just really believe that the Holy Spirit would encourage you today and say, hey, I got you. I've got you. I'm an ever-present help in times of trouble. I've got you. Be still and know that I am God. I believe that God would just say that to you. And, and right now, even God would just start speaking to you about, hey, maybe it's time to get a little more intentional about getting some of those Christian friends surrounding you. Maybe it's time to subtract a couple friends and add a, a few new friends. Or maybe you're out there and you have a million Christian friends and yet God is calling you to encourage some people you know that there are certain people in your life, in your classes today that are just gonna need a little encouragement from God. Right now, I just believe God is speaking to you about how to step into that gap. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your divine help on our lives, that you did not abandon us to live life alone, but you called us to live life to the fullest. And we know that in order to live life to the fullest, we've got to encourage one another. And I just pray that every single person in this room would have the Christian friends that would be able to speak your word over our lives so that we could persevere and get to the places where you want us to be. Lord, we just, we want to reveal you and make you known in the Twin Cities and beyond. And I just pray that you would help us right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. 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 Love you guys. I want to meet you later.